you don't know me, a lot of you, and I'm going to try to kind of talk to the whole room. Um, and I got a pretty big voice, so it should be all right. But if it's not all right, if I need to go talk in a microphone, somebody on the back row wave at me, and I'll be happy to go do that. My name is Kelly, just like you heard me say to the kids, and I guess it's in the bulletin too, so you're not as surprised about who I am. Um, but I'm happy and excited to be here. This is my first time to Christ Church in Albertville. Um, and I commend you. You have wonderful signage. A lot of times I drive to churches and it's hard to find, but there was that very familiar Episcopal shield when I went to turn off the main highway and, and I knew exactly where I needed to go at that point. We are still in the season of Easter. We begin each service with that wonderful Alleluia, Christ is risen, the Lord is risen indeed. We're going to do that for a few more weeks before we get into Pentecost. But interestingly enough, our readings today have sort of taken us all over the place in the timeline of Scripture, right? Our gospel reading from John actually takes us back in time before the resurrection, and it's Jesus with his friends on the night before he was going to be crucified. If we go to the reading in Revelation, we go way forward into the future and see what God's plans are for the redemption of the world. In our reading from Acts, we go back in time a little bit, but we're after the coming of the Holy Spirit, even though we haven't celebrated that yet in the church we see those early followers of Jesus trying to figure out what it means to live in the world as followers of Christ when Jesus is not here. Acts is a fascinating book. I grew up in the Episcopal Church, and I'm not sure if growing up I spent enough time reading the stories in Acts. I spent a lot of time reading the gospel stories, but we didn't read Acts all that much other than when it just showed up in, in the lectionary. And so growing up as a grown person, as an ordained person, I'm always happy when we get to read Acts and to study Acts because we get to see how this thing that we call the church, which is more than just the four walls that are around us here and more than just the beautiful altar and the music, but this people that were going to be the church how they figured out how to do it, how to evangelize, how to create communities bound together by the love of Jesus Christ. And there's one way that we read Acts, which is the Holy Spirit shows up and fills people and they can begin to speak in all sorts of languages and tongues and everybody can understand them. And then they proceed in an orderly fashion outside of the gates of Jerusalem. And Paul's going to get into the action at some point. And you can track his journeys throughout the Mediterranean and even to Rome as he spread the gospel of Jesus. It may be on the surface might seem orderly. The Episcopal Church, we like things to be orderly. But the book of Acts is a lot different than that. The book of Acts is filled with the Holy Spirit. And the moment we think we can make the Holy Spirit orderly and sensible, we've sort of missed what's going on. The book of Acts reminds me a bit of a dog that I had named Frankie. I love this dog. And Frankie loved to run. And so I had let her out into the backyard 
good fences she can't get through, and she can run and do laps back and forth and bark at the neighbor's dogs, and everything was fine. I could put her on a harness and walk her on a leash, and she would stay with me. But Frankie loved to run. And despite my best laid plans of making sure doors were closed before I opened other ones, one day I was in the backyard and I opened my back door, not realizing my front door was open. And Frankie, who loves to run, only took about two seconds to figure out that front door was open. And she was out that front door and down the block. And next thing I knew, I'm running after her trying to catch up. My poor little beagle, who does not love to run, but is very faithful, ran behind me trying to, to catch Frankie. And it took, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes. Um, and finally, not because of what I did. I wasn't fast enough to catch the dog. Finally, some very nice neighbor way up in front of us sees me running and yelling Frankie with my poor, slightly overweight beagle running behind me and grabs Frankie. And Frankie is, of course, happy to be found just as happy she is, she is to run. And I get up there and I get Frankie and I take her home. Peter has just had this experience. Peter is one of the original 12, right? He's the one that got to walk and talk with Jesus and to be there for everything. He is the one that Jesus says, upon you, this rock, I will build my church. And Peter has plans and an idea of how the Holy Spirit is supposed to work. But then when he has gone out into the world, he has found out that the Holy Spirit is not just ahead of him, but is way ahead of him. He finds people that are not Jewish people, people that should never have been part of the promise, according to him, that have been filled with the Holy Spirit and come to experience the living God through Jesus Christ. And it makes people nervous. And so he comes back to Jerusalem to talk to his fellow leaders of this early church who were like, why are these Gentiles, why should we pay attention to them? And what's interesting is Peter doesn't say, well, I have experienced the Holy Spirit out there. He says, well, God gave me a vision. And here's my vision. Here's the vision that I saw. Is that I saw all of these animals clean and unclean. And God said, Peter, kill and eat. And I said, no, I've never put anything unclean in my mouth. And God says, it's not what goes in, but it's what comes out is unclean. Don't tell me what I made good and holy isn't good and holy. It's not for you to decide what God determines is good. And so Peter tells the folks in Jerusalem that, and, and this begins to turn the church a bit, and Paul is going to be the one that will actually pick up the charge to not take the Holy Spirit out to the Gentile people, but to run frantically behind it saying, hey, wait for me. Let me come too. Let me be there and be part of this work that is going on in the world. As Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, begins to transform folks from death into life. It's an exciting book, if you haven't read Acts. Particularly if you stop reading the book of Acts as a way that the church is supposed to structure church planting and how we're supposed to study demographics and who we're supposed to identify needs to be in the pews and read it as our permission to let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit feels called to do. 
And for us to chase along behind, excited about these surprising and remarkable people that we suddenly find ourselves being brothers and sisters with through Jesus Christ. It gives us permission to take the anxiety that we might have because we don't think the right folks are in our church pews or that we don't have enough folks in our church pews and say, let's let God do God's work. There's not a single person that has been saved by Jesus because of what one person did. There's a whole lot of people that have been saved because they have experienced the living God through Jesus Christ and experienced the Holy Spirit and have been transformed. We have permission to run joyfully and occasionally frantically behind the Holy Spirit to try to keep up. So that we can join in the celebration when the Holy Spirit captures somebody new and brings them into the life and body of Christ. This, what we see in Acts, I think is what makes that new commandment that Jesus gives his friends the night before he died so radical. For Jesus to say you should love one another isn't necessarily that new. But John tells us this is a new commandment. All throughout Jewish law, we are supposed to love people. We're supposed to take care of the stranger. We're supposed to treat people with respect and look out for the weak and the lost and protect children and widows. This is all part of Jewish law. But Jesus, on that last night, when he says to his disciples, you should have love for one another just as I have loved you, means that you should love the people that God loves. And be open to the fact that God loves a lot more people than maybe you're even able to imagine. And that you have to follow that love where it goes. And so the new commandment that you should have love for one another isn't just about the people in this room should love and take care of each other, which clearly y'all do. But it's about how the person walking out on the street when they meet you, how you show love to them. And again, we can rest easy because it's not dependent on our capacity to love. It's dependent on God's capacity to love. And what we have to do is be willing to be channels to open that up into the world. God's got a big dream. We see it in our reading from Revelations. A new heaven and a new earth. God will wipe away all the tears from their eyes. God's got a big, big dream for this world and for this good creation that God has made. And isn't it exciting to be one of those people running behind Jesus, running behind the Holy Spirit, ready to celebrate at every moment any new person that gets caught up in this life that we live as faithful Christians and followers of Jesus? And then it lets you rest a little bit easier when you realize that the work of the church needs you, but isn't 100% completely dependent on you. You are a partner. You are a partner with each other for the work that you do here in Albertville and in Alabama and out in the world and in your workplace and where you go to school. You're never alone, even if you're the only Episcopalian there, because you go with the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we receive. And sometimes you're running along behind, trying to catch up. But oh, once you do 
catch up and experience one of those moments of somebody that has been caught by the Holy Spirit and transformed, it is a joyful and wonderful thing to behold. So in this Easter season, as we hear again the new commandment to love one another, in the story of Acts where we see the Holy Spirit just pouring out on the world, Think about all the ways that you might be able to love somebody a little bit differently so that they can see the love of God through you. Amen.